And welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, good night. <laughs> <laughs> good evening. I know you're tired. Oh, I'm tired goodness. too. We are pooped today. Uh, mm-hmm. Viewers at home, uh, you probably, you can't tell it by our faces. We're in good spirits right now because Daniel was kind enough to come over here and help me at least begin the process of cleaning my game room. Not not here. This is this is my home. Yes, his game is room, his... which is about 10 minutes that way. Yes, yeah, and and you were helping me clean it, yeah. and our goal was quite simple. Dump the room, build a couple shelves, put couple. everything back. Well, a few. Uh, four altogether, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we built a total of 13 feet of shelving. Yeah. Which is not bad. And that that's lengthwise. <laughs> yeah, just length, yeah. So plenty of room now. Because all four shelves all are six foot high, so. Yes. Yep. <laughs> No, and, and we're I'm already restocking a lot of my shelves, getting them prepped, mm-hmm. getting them ready, uh, and also purging a lot of games, which is why yeah. you and I are so tired, because mm-hmm. we got maybe halfway of re-putting all the games back, maybe? Yeah, we took most of the games out of the the game room, your game room. Yes. Uh, we left the, the shelves that we weren't touching, we just went yeah. through the shelves, took out the games that didn't need to be there, moved yep. them, Get, got all the other shelves up. And then started moving things over to your new shelves that needed to go to the new shelves, yep. and you started going to the call pile, basically. Yep. And you did a great job of organizing. Like <laughs> when, when we get this done, I'll, I'll take a picture, we'll show it on screen here, and, and that'll be great. You won't see it in this episode, but maybe on next week's episode, yeah. um, because I'm hoping to finish it today, at very latest tomorrow, Yeah. just to get it done. But yeah, I mean, it's this is a long time coming. Listeners, long-time viewers of the podcast will know that... Um, we, we're coming up now on our 2024 and uh, uh, gaming goals. Yeah, yeah. Last year, 2023 gaming goals, which you came out, I think, in January, January. or January? January, because February we started the top 100. Oh, yeah, uh, in there. Then we, when we did that, we started, or I, I purposely did not put Clean My Game Room yeah. on there. Because I had it the prior year, 2022, yeah. and that just totally didn't happen. So I was not expecting it to get clean at this point yeah it's yeah. clean now it is now <laughs> I, I was it only took you two years it only took me two years but in my defense i needed a, an opportunity to buy those shelves yeah no you need those new shelves because your plastic ones were just like they were scary the yeah. there was one shelf that i kept telling you you you're resistant on it and i'm like you want to move those over here yeah Put them in this section right here because, one, they're out of the way and you have all your collection stuff, yes. the stuff that you're keeping because you're collecting. Mm-hmm. Your Spiel de Jars, your Phil Walker Hardings and stuff yes. like that. They're over here. You know where they're going to be at. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to fall. Yes, exactly. And, oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, like, so that one shelf that, that was precarious, yeah. you see it, and, and it is at a significant angle. Like, it's it's pretty far. <laughs> I, I want to say the top of that shelf is at least six to eight inches away from the wall. Yeah. And... The bottom is flush. So, I mean, that's how much curve we're talking here. Now, granted, these shelves were never meant to hold this much weight. Yeah, that's why you're going to yeah. those type of shelves. They're like $20 Walmart shelves. So, yeah, I have to go to these ones now. That's really the only way I'm going to be yeah. able to play half of the games I want to play. Yeah, exactly, and keep them protected. Yes, exactly. So, that that's an upgrade. I'll post a picture online once it's all done because yep. I'll be very proud of it. Um, but other than that, you know, this this has been exciting. Yeah, it's it's actually it was kind of fun. I, I enjoyed it. I, I liked how uh, I was messing with you because you're like, I need to get rid of these games. That's one of the reasons yep. why you brought me over. And then I'm like, all right, how about this one? 
Eh. I pulled it off the shelf, put it in the pile. Yeah. If you're exactly. thinking about it, put it in the coal pile. Yeah, you can sure. go through that later. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I figure now that I have a very big pile of games that I'm getting rid of, yeah. or, or, you know, absolving from my collection, I'm going to count them up once I'm all done, mm-hmm. and then see just how many more I need to pull off, or how many I can actually put back on my shelf. Exactly. Because I'm not going to get rid of more than Yeah, more you, than there's goal. a certain one that you want to get rid of. Yes. But uh, like I like I just told you, it's like if you're him and hung, let's put it in the pile and then you can yes. go through it from there. Let's get the ones that you want to yes. keep, put them back on the shelf. Yes. And worry about the rest later. That's right. So um, it was very fun. Looking forward to showing you guys the picture once it's all done. Still a work in progress. I could show briefly the picture I took of when we unloaded maybe what a third of the games into yeah. the game room uh... or into our living room. It wasn't a third. I mean, yeah, maybe it was the third of the game because it's mostly yeah. the floor games. So uh, viewers at home can start to see that. That was my living room. Yeah, that was a lot of the the main collection or yep. the floor collection is what we called it. The floor collection. That's right. Because you didn't have enough shelves for everything, right. so it was just kind of stacked in piles on the floor, kind of like what I got in that corner yeah. over there. And it's amazing those cheap shelves, like how much extra space they took up. Yeah. Because of like. Like, I'm already, even just putting the stuff back on there, we'd have significantly more room. Yeah, and so it's looking a lot better. It looked a lot cleaner. Um, we did yeah. a lot of work in it. If you remember from, like, our past videos when we were recording separately, because, you know, COVID at the time, that whole back wall is the only thing that's left. Everything else is now the metal shelves. Yes, yep. And soon will be all metal shelves. Yeah. At some point in the future. It just it just takes time because they're not yeah. cheap shelves. No. Uh, these ones right here run about eighty dollars. So no. I I know. Trust me, I know. This little short shelf over here, it's only uh uh four shelf, three shelves, three, three shelves. That costs fifty behind me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so Yeah, it makes sense. The only bad part about all of this is that now I have to store my games. Uh, like how I'm doing it, yeah. Yes. Which I know it bugs you. I know. I know. It's it's my own personal thing. But the thing about it, these shelves are graded to hold up to 350 pounds. Yes. So there Which are... Which is there... almost enough. <laughs> yeah. The, the, that's why we put our Stefan Feld City Collection on the bottom shelf. Exactly. And the Gloomhaven's on the bottom shelf. Uh, my right. Frosthaven's sitting right there and it holds it just fine. Yeah. Exactly. Because I just uh, I like... want it to be look, look pretty. Yeah. Of course. Of course. You got a centerpiece. What's interesting, it's up there. Mm-hmm. It hasn't even been punched. It's just all sitting in there because I'm just. You should see those punch boards. I thought Gloomhaven. I had a lot of punch board. I'm like, I'm not starting it yet. I don't have to worry about the punching right, right. now. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's funny. And we even put like a little corner section for all my completed like uh, campaign, uh, campaign stuff. games. That was cool. I'll yeah, and you don't see it, that. Like on my camera, there's a closet right over here. Most of my campaign games that are completed are in the closet right there. You almost ninja chopped me there. All right, appreciate it. So let's get into today's episode. Um, today we're going to be talking about, uh, we're doing another board game brainstorm. Yep. Where we're going to give you recommendations based on our five criteria of an old classic game at least 10 years old. And today, since we're talking, it's coming up on food season. Yep. Uh, this will air just after Thanksgiving. I think this will air on the 27th, so just awesome. the, the Monday after or yeah, Monday after Thanksgiving. That's right. And so we're we're looking forward to showing you guys or telling you guys recommendations for Agricola, a game about farming and feeding, feeding your, your people. people. <laughs> That's really all the game is about. It's just that. Yeah. Now, maybe making more family members, but that's more mouths to feed, but more labor. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yep. 
Yeah, we're going to be giving you suggestions. But before that, Daniel, what, other than what we've been talking about, about yep. what have you been doing lately? And technically what we've been talking about are adjacent to gaming. So oh. what we're talking about is outside, what we try to do outside our gaming life. Yes. And so for me, uh, I want to talk about, I mentioned it in the past podcast. I've mentioned it that I'm going to be going on this thing. So I want to mention the fact that I did do my first cruise. Uh, we went down to the Bahamas. Mind you, before we did that, we did two days at Disney World, which wore me out. We walked an equivalent of eight and a half miles each day. Uh, we went through four parks. We went through, was it the, the main park, Magical Kingdom, and then Animal Kingdom on the first day. And then the next day, we went to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Uh, so we did those four parks, had a great time doing that, and then that following monday because it was a saturday sunday when we did that we stayed on the resort so we got early access that was neat that's cool uh we did uh the we got to the cruise on that monday and that was the first time i've ever been on the cruise it's been the first time since i've been to another country in a while and i was a little sad because most of the crews incorporated all this now with their things I didn't get a little stamp in my passport. I was wanting a stamp in my passport to say I got a stamp in my passport. Yeah. And now, because it's all incorporated, all we needed was our room key for our cruise ship. Yep. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know that. I wanted a stamp in my passport. But it yep. was still fun. We went to the Bahamas. We saw Nassau for a little bit. That town is, that city is pretty insane. It's busy near where the cruise port is. Yeah. So you can go do a little shopping there. And then you got the cruise shopping area where it's less the uh, locals. Uh, on your case. How's it going, Sora? Hey, Sora. And so, yeah, that was fun. And then from Nassau, we took another ship to, uh, I think it was called Paradise Island, I think is what it was called, or Paradise Cove, something like that, mm-hmm. which then puts you on another end. You sit there, you hang out, we swam a little bit, and then we took another boat to go swim with the pigs. Yeah, uh, there, that's there, exciting. There was an island there that where you could swim with pigs, you could feed the pigs, you get in the water, they swim with you trying to get to the food. That was fun. I love pigs. It's one of my favorite animals. They're tasty, but they're still one of my favorite animals. Hey, tastiness, <laughs> that's just proof that God loves them. Yeah. And so it was It was really cool hanging out with them. And they had anywhere from like a 15 little pig, like 15 pound baby baby pig. And then there was a 750 pound sow. Uh, they, this pig was massive. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I had a great time. That was that was my thing. The, the, like I, When they said, hey, we can go swim with pigs or we can just have a private lunch. I'm like... Well, if they're still going to give us lunch, why don't we go swim with the pigs? It's only yeah. like a seventy dollar difference, seventy five dollar difference per person. Absolutely, <laughs> so, I'd swim with pigs. Absolutely. Yeah, so we went and did that. And that was fun. Um, I forgot how salty the ocean is because it's been so yes. long since I've been to the ocean, and so we were on the boat going over to the little private island before the pig island. And they're like, hey, you're in the splash zone. Just FYI, the water was a little choppy, and so every time we came down on a wave, it was just straight up into where we were sitting mind you i went in my swimwear because i knew i was like i'm not gonna change so i did that and it was just salty as can be i'm like oh my god i forgot how salty the seawater actually is uh and then the next day we went to their private island and we snorkeled and swam with rays and that was pretty neat other than the time where the rain nearly scared the crap out of me (laughs) because I was sitting there snorkeling, and so when you're snorkeling, you don't hear anything. All you hear is your breathing, and then all of a sudden, this thing just comes gliding silently under me, and I was like, oh, God, (laughs) I'm in here for a reason, but still. So we did have a blast with it. Uh, It was really neat. Uh, uh, We got some really cool stuff. Uh, A couple weeks ago, you saw the watch that I ended up buying on the Mm -hmm. cruise ship. We actually had 
several game days on that ship too. Took a bunch of little card games, and so when we were sailing at the sea, we did that. Really good food. Watched a movie in the hot tub. That was really neat because uh, we were watching uh, the new Spider-Man uh, mm-hmm. Into the Spider-Verse or something like that. That was really neat. So, yeah, I, my first cruise was so good. We've already booked our second cruise next year. I have to give you the information about it. But we are doing an Alaskan cruise, a seven-day cruise uh, out of Seattle next year. for That's awesome. Right before my 40th birthday, but it's for my 40th birthday. That's awesome. That's exciting. Yeah, and sort of... Uh... We're doing good. Uh, we hope we're doing well. Yeah, we should be. I should be there with his innards labeled. With his innards labeled. Oh, the shirt. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, this is not normally my work shirt. Normally, I'm during podcasts. If I have to work that week, I yeah. normally dress pretty nicely, but not for the podcast. So yeah, I don't, yeah. No, yeah, no. I don't no screw that. that. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning. For stopping in, but feel free to hang out as long as you can. Yep. Um, yeah. What what I've been doing lately. So, um, one thing I wanted to talk about real quick is that I am a notoriously picky eater. You you found this out. Um, my family's been dealing with it for years. I just never. I not... didn't just find this out. I've known it for about <laughs> as long as I've known you. True. Yeah. You know, and I don't hide the fact it doesn't it doesn't bother me. But I am a pretty picky eater. So what I've been trying to do lately is I've been trying to expand my food options a little mm-hmm. bit, and that specifically happened with this last trip that we, I literally just came back from yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was Not only did you, you were gone all weekend, basically, yes. you drove all the way there, which yes. is not a significant amount of time. Yeah, to Denver. Um, and yeah. came home and we did your, your board gaming shelf stuff. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I am going to talk about a little bit about board gaming because of what I'm about to talk about, but really my main goal with this trip was to try a couple new foods I'd never been to before, mm-hmm. specifically because we hung out with a, a friend of ours who lives up in Denver, yep. and he took us to our very first Korean barbecue. I was telling you a little bit about this before yep. the episode. Um, we had, let's see here, all the things that he ordered. It was kind of like a little dive bar kind of Korean barbecue place. Yeah, it was those are usually a, the best. Yeah, the, exactly. No, he, we trusted him because he knew his stuff. He'd been frequenting those places a lot. Yeah. And we're like, we've never been, so let's go check it out. And he brought us right, right into like the center of the, of the Asian cultural area of the city. So it's like, I I couldn't read any of the signs, which is a great sign. You know, I mean, it's, that's already good. We stopped at H Mart real quick, which is a pretty awesome place. Um, it's all like Asian foods and stuff like that. I love Asian markets. And so we were there hanging out. And then, um, when we're at the restaurant, he he just out of nowhere, he, he starts ordering things. And we're looking at the menu, and it's like, oh, you can get, like, beef for, like, 25 bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, like, whatever, brisket beef. Yeah. For 25 bucks. And and we're like, okay, we're not really, how does this work? Like, do we each order a plate? Like, how, and he's like, no, what you do is you order each of the ingredients that you want. Um, you, and then those all get combined as a bill, and then we'll split or whatever. Um, and that's that's how it works like and it's like a big like almost like a buffet thing but it's like yeah, yeah. self-made yeah and then so he was like okay we're gonna order um these 12 piece of, of fried chicken wings we're gonna order order fries for him for me just in case um we're gonna get beef brisket we're gonna get a uh, pork belly we're gonna get these oh, pork belly's so good. we're gonna get um and he got another kind of meat i forget like a marinated mm-hmm. uh beef then we're gonna get like some cheese um like some cheese uh corn then we're gonna get uh, three bowls of rice then we're going to get, and he just kept going. <laughs> and we're like, 
And then as soon as they walked away, and then and then he also got uh, soju for my wife and him. Yeah. And which is like basically like sake, but Korean. Yeah, 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 Korean. And and she ordered peach, and and they they loved it. Like she mm-hmm. she absolutely loved that. And so, like as soon as he finished ordering, he looked at us. By the way, it's on me. It's like <laughs> and we're like, dude. Like, and I saw the bill at the end. I'm not gonna say how much he spent, but he spent. Oh like, yeah. And he's it... such a gracious host. Like I can't I can't tell you how how appreciative we are of that. Like we're gonna hook him up next time we see him. But yeah, no, it's that was absolutely an experience. That's, it's insane. Uh, before yep. we go, it I just hit my step total. I haven't gone for a walk today. It's just what we were doing oh at your house. Yeah, let's see here. <laughs> I am at eighty three hundred, and I that's only what yeah only what we did. No, but yeah, I mean it was such a cool experience. You know, we stayed at a really fancy rest uh, no, resort. Okay, yeah, well. yeah, I saw that. It was called, uh, you know, I don't mind telling people yeah, yeah. what it was in Denver. It's called uh, the Gaylord Resorts, I believe is what it's called. Yeah, massive, massive Marriott uh, hotel. They have all kinds of uh, Christmas themed stuff. They even had like a Christmas theme escape room, which was booked up, unfortunately. But they have like this whole like. Um, like you can go see like a bunch of ice sculptures that are diorama or dioramas of Christmas story. Yeah, yeah. There was like a build a bear workshop in the hotel. There was like Santa readings. There was toy painting. There was like all sorts of just crazy mm-hmm. events that was happening. Cause we were there because my daughter was in cheer. Yeah. And this is her first competition that was outside the city, and we just went all out. Um, I want to give a couple shout outs though, real quick. Okay. First off, uh, we went to two game stores in Denver. One, I went with my son, and it was called uh, Black and Red, and Red is R-E-A-D. Yep. That place is awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, if you're you in Denver. A photo, yeah. Yes, if you're in Denver, I am so impressed with that place, and it's very dirty. It's like you're tripping over piles of games. There's no organization to it at all, but it is one of those things where you can just sit back and enjoy like a couple hours looking for used games. They do very good pricing. All of the staff were more than pleasant. Like yeah. the, the the two main guys that we talked to, they were incredibly kind. They were super willing to chat. Um, one of the gentlemen who played, who said he played D and D since the seventies, he had a conversation with my son because my son's getting into D and D, and he even handed him a D twenty. And at first, my son's kind of modest. He's like, he's like, no, I'm good. And he was like, no, well, hold on, let me roll it. And he chucked it down a dice tower, and it rolled a natural twenty. It was like that die just chose you. <laughs> it was like this is happening and throughout the entire trip when my son was rolling that die he was he was rolling like at least 15 on almost every roll multiple 19s and 20s like that die likes him so he, he started getting really into it he's like maybe I should go buy my own dice like and get like build my own set out of dice that are really cool I'm like that's what you need to do yeah they, the dice need to choose you so that was one of them but the other game store that we went to it was it was a Board game restaurant. Okay. It's called Game Train USA. And I don't know if I told you this. Uh, no, you mentioned it in passing. But... Yes. So Game Train USA, it's it's fairly... fairly I saw much the like picture a, of it, though. Yes. It's a, it's a pretty cool experience. Um, it's a standard restaurant. The food on there was really good. I got the mac and cheese. I can highly recommend it. They had pizzas. A little pricey, but good stuff. Can't do mac and cheese anymore. No, I know. It's a shame. Well, sorry. I've been doing the keto diet, so right. you yeah. can't do grains no. and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's 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 a, <laughs> everything in that is just like, no. Yeah. Um, but, cheese is fine. I can do cheese. No, well, it had a lot of cheese. So I'll give you that. <laughs> um, but no, like the, this place, the food was great. Um, the ambiance was even better because what you are is you, 
when you go into like one of their main rooms, it feels and it's designed to feel like a train car of a moving train. There is active vibrations under the floor. There is sounds going, <laughs> choo, 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 choo. and all of the windows are TVs displaying like countryside of like central California okay. as we're moving along. And they even gave a warning. They're like, oh, some people may get see motion sick. We didn't. We were fine. But, um, and I can get why some people yeah. might, but man, that was such a weird, awesome experience. And it nice. was unlike almost anything else. I have a picture where it looks like we're legitimately like, like in a train car and it's absolutely how it's designed. Well, what's funny now that you mentioned it, uh, on the cruise ship I booked for Alaska, mm-hmm. if you're in one of the inner rooms, uh-huh. you normally how you don't have a window. Yeah. They actually have flat screens in the TV in there that makes it look like you have a balcony. So you have like a, it's connected to like a. A camera or something like that. So when you open the shades, it looks like you're looking outside. That's funny. That sounds right. No, it, it was an experience. Overall, and then the one last shout-out I want to give out is um, on our way back, we, we took the longer way because we wanted to go through Albuquerque to get some dinner. Of course. And we stopped at a great place. Love that place. Slice and Dice. And I I specifically told the owner, his name is Vic, um... Great guy. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife run the business. Oh, they're they, great. They, they, there's two of them in there now. I stopped. Did you go the to the new location. one yet, or the new one? Okay, yes. that, that was that's the second over, time I had been there. That's over by. Uh, it's Central. off of Wyoming and Albuquerque, but it's um, near Central. Yep, right? yes. it's off of Manal Centralish. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's off of the interstate. There is some construction, but honestly, it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. The food is phenomenal. Yeah. The just the whole ambiance is great. There was a game night that night. And the owners and all of the employees are just genuinely happy. And people. knowledgeable, too. Yeah, they know their stuff. Yeah, we, we got the time to spend time with them at uh, at Gamma, Gamma last yep. year. And that was the first time you had met them. Or yep. No, uh, two years ago. Two years Gamma. ago, 2022. Yeah, uh, that was the first time you met them. Great people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go support them. I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate the fact that they exist. I, I'm trying to get him to franchise down here. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I mean... There's, and nor should he really, but I would nice. absolutely apply to be there because I would quit my actual career to consider working <laughs> at a pizza place just to help him out. <laughs> but uh, a quick shout out real quick before we get into our actual topic sure. of Agricola. Uh, congratulations to our friends over at Game Vault in El Paso, Texas. They just celebrated their anniversary. Seventh year. Yeah, yeah. Their seventh year. And they just celebrated their first year anniversary in their new spot. That is awesome. Yeah, so congratulations again. If you live, if you're ever in Western El, pa- uh, Western East El Paso, East El Paso, West Texas, West Texas is what I was trying to say. Yeah. If you're ever in El Paso, West Texas, um, go to the Game Vault. Yeah. They are the bar none the standard. Uh, and they're really good people. Lindy and her husband are some of the nicest people you'll yep. ever meet. They yep. have workers who will go above and beyond for you. Yep, they sure will. Yeah, so go support them. And another thing about them that, that proves that they're really good owners, they take an appreciation stuff with their crew. They just recently took them, they closed mm-hmm. the, sh- the store down and took them to Vegas to go see Deathlock and Baby Metal, just as an that's appreciation like, and a thank you for you guys. That's awesome. Who does that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's fantastic. All right, well, let's get into our topic today. Sounds good to me. We're going to give some recommendations on games based off of uh, what we understand about Agricola. Now, it's been a while since you played it. I know that, right? Yeah. Um, I still remember it. I think uh, more recently I played, and this is not on my list. I don't know if it's on yours. I doubt it will be. Uh, but I didn't put Caverna on my list. No. But they're, they're no, pretty we much the same. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, we agree. Caverna, if you're already aware of Agricola, you know Caverna. Oh, it's effectively the sequel. Um, we are not recommending that because that's obvious. Yeah. Um, we, we're trying to give you, based on our five criteria that we use to debate our um, our uh, podcast, or uh, topic, our topic debate, debate yeah. we break it into five different criteria. That's ease of play, basically how simple, familiar the mechanisms are, and how likelihood it is to get to the table, and also how easy is it to either learn, understand, or even to teach it. Yes. Uh, the next one here we always do is replay value. It's the length of time and scaling of the game. The minimum number of plays for the full experience, and if they have expansions. And then we do meaningful choice, which just is the impact on other players' strategies, uh, the depth of your strategy, tactics, or skills in the game, and do arbitrary choices or AP have an impact on the game itself. Yes, and then the next category is game immersion. Is the game fun to lose? Is there like table talk, player interaction, role playing, all that? That really good for immersion, as well as the memorable moments that lead you to stand up and shout and across a room. Exactly. And finally, art and production. The art, pieces and components, and the graphic design that's included. So, if you like any of those specific five categories of Agricola, then hopefully we will get some good recommendations on this. Yep. I'm going to give you a total of ten, one from each of us. For maybe each of those crossovers, five maybe not, we'll see. We'll find out. Alright, shall we begin? We shall. Let's do ease of play. Starting with you. Off. So, ease of play. Uh, Agricola, one of the things about that is is Agricola is not one of the easiest games to first learn. If you're new to gaming, it is kind of tricky. Mm -hmm. It does use worker placement, but what it does differently is that uh, you have your farmstead that you're going to be building on. You're going to be raising uh, different types of animals, growing crops, and expanding this farm homestead. Um, one of the big things in Caverna is you also have a cave that you can dig through. That's not really what I'm talking about. Yeah. But the biggest difference between Caverna and Agricola is in Agricola, you have a hand of cards of different like professions, different skills that you can use, that you can utilize throughout that game. So when I thought of what's a game that has a similar ease of play, I obviously wasn't looking for the simplest of game, but I was looking for something that's worker placement, because that makes sense. Yeah. Send somebody out, do something. But I wanted something that has like kind of an expanding array of what you can do. Because Agricola... As every round, you flip over a single card. Mm -hmm. And so that's a new option for everyone to have. And so I found a game that uses a little bit of deck building, uses worker placement, but also has that board that kind of builds open of different spots that you can go to okay. as you play. This is Lost Ruins of Arnak. Oh, okay. So that, that, I think they feel very similar. They're, they're very different games by far. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I, one I... is a deck builder, but using the cards in conjunction with the worker placement is very reminiscent on both sides. Yeah, so. no, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. It, I didn't think of it because it just it doesn't feel too samey for me, but right. I get where you're coming from, yeah. and it's a good argument. But, yeah, that's not a bad pick. Cool. And yours? All right, so my ease of play choice here is I went with the almost the same way you went, but I went more of the simpler side when it comes to worker placement. This is not the simplest of worker placements, but it's another one. If you like this, you'll probably enjoy this game. Yeah. And this one is Stone Age. Sure. Uh, yeah. You got to you you got to collect food to feed your people, just like you have to do in uh, towards the end of the thing. You can go to the hut and make some babies. Vassal's game. <laughs> yep. Uh, so you have different areas you can go to. Uh, it's very simple, other than you've got to do some math per se, because you got to roll a certain amount of dice depending yep. on how divided many. Divided by a certain number. Uh, the, how many people you sent out there? You roll that many dice. You divide it by a certain number. Those are the resources you're going to gather. Uh, 
pretty simple game, really neat, but I think if you want Agricola, but you think it's just a little too on the heady side, Stone Age is where you should go. Cool. All right. Next one is replay value, uh, which Agricola has a lot of replay, so mm -hmm. I'm curious to hear our arguments for this. I'll start off. Um, I normally don't like to recommend games that we've already talked about in previous recommendations lists, but I was thinking about it. One of the big things about Agricola is that they have expansions, numerous expansions for Agricola, mm -hmm. and some are just simply new decks. And in fact, that's a big one, is deck after deck after deck after deck. So you have like some that have new, new abilities, new professions, new just all sorts of crazy stuff. And I was like, if, if they've released all these like mini expansions, and of course like some big ones too, different, mm -hmm. different new worker placement spots and different animals that you can go with. But really, like, the biggest thing is, like, they're called, like, the small expansions. Um, I went with Catan on this. Because Catan has not only expansions, but expansions for expansions. And some are just simply decks of cards that provide you adventure packs. Very reminiscent of Agricola as well. Um, if you like the constant expandability or the replay value of it, there is modular board on... Catan, <laughs> where the, the board is set up differently. Mm -hmm. That feels differently than how the work, the worker placement spots come out every round. Um, and it does play realistically about three or four players. I mean, technically you can play Catan too. Yeah. You definitely can in Agricola. But What's funny is Catan was our first board game brainstorm. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I was like. I, I hate to call back to it, but really it's kind of a shoe-in. They're both oh, yeah, yeah. very heavy Euro resource management. Um the, and the replay value is just in, like, I could just go buy a deck of cards, and therefore, I have a very new experience. Okay. So, there we go. All right, so, I went along the same routes you did. I didn't do worker placement, but I did do a heavy Euro game. Okay. Uh, this one we have not talked about, but it is on our short list to get talked about. Okay. Uh, my pick was Castles of Burgundy. There, Interesting, okay. There is a yeah. lot of expansions to this one. As you said, the modular part of it, sure. if you get those map packs, they all play differently. Yep. Uh, I like the fact that if, if you're someone who plays Castles of Burgundy a lot and you're playing against someone who's new to it, you can give them the basic map pack and you can get one of the more difficult map packs. Basically, you have a different setup to them, mm -hmm. uh, which gives it a little more intrigue. Uh, I love the fact that there's mitigating abilities in this one as well. The dice don't yep. really matter. You can flip a 6 to a 1 if you need to, if you're using your workers. Uh -huh. uh, you don't really have to feed your people, but there is a lot of meaningful choices in this game along the way uh, that... Um, Agricola, I couldn't remember the name of the game uh, that gives you as well. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want something that gives you that heavy euro, but you're kind of tired of the worker placements, this is where I would get you to go to because it does just as well uh, and gives you a lot of the same feelings because there's a lot of choice and agency with what you're doing. There's just none of the worker placement part of it. Sure. But yeah, so my pick for replay value is Castles of Burgundy. All right. And now on to meaningful choice. Still you. Still me. So, Meaningful Choice, there is a lot, a lot of choice in there. But what I wanted to really uh, focus on was specifically that choice of how the cards flipping over provide new worker placement spots, provide you new opportunities to expand what you're doing. So I went with a game. This is a much smaller game, though. But it has just as much depth and the fact that you are um, effectively trying to get sets of cards but you're doing worker placement in that same way, where a new one, a brand new one will come out every turn and will continue to expand and change on how it works. 
And this is called uh, Holmes, Sherlock, and Mycroft. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah this, this, is, is the, this is a two-player one, right? Two-player Devere game. Absolutely brilliant. This is the only other game that I've seen do that, where the worker placement spots expand and change. One of the coolest parts about it, though, is that when you send your worker out to each of the spots, <laughs> is you get that ability, sure. But if it's a really good card or really useful to both of you, both of you, um, it'll stay out normally either way. But if you and I were playing against each other and we both went to that spot, at the end of the round, it is permanently gone. Oh. So we can only <laughs> both do it on the same round once, once. ever, which is super interesting. Yeah. It's Especially like, when you're the second player and you're like, mm. yeah. Is it worth your time to go? Okay. That I need this now, but I will never get, get it, it again. Back, yeah. And I love that choice. That's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. No. Now, and that, and I relate that because not only does it change like the worker placement spots in Agricola too, you have those like ever expanding, like growing more and more. Yeah. Like for example, like the the Woodstocks one. If you go to that spot, uh, or it, if you nobody goes to that spot, it gets another three added to it, and it keeps. Adding on, adding on, adding on, until eventually somebody does because it's just way too good all of a sudden. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I pick. Meaningful choice. Uh, if you want a good two-player rich experience like that, worker placement, same idea. Holmes, Sherlock, and Mycroft. All right. So my uh, meaningful choice pick here. Uh, this was the first thing I thought on my list because this gets compared to outside of Caverna to Agricola a lot. People talk about how it can be a game changer for them compared to the two. They do kind of feel similar, but not so much, other than the fact that they share a the same mechanic. And this one is the big Stonemaier game, Viticulture. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, this one, you're more more so, you're fulfilling contracts, you're trying to figure out where you're going to go. If you just play the base game, you only have um, uh, two uh, seasons you're going to put worker placement. If you're playing yes. Tuscany expansion, you'll get uh, four seasons you're playing uh, in... So it's got a lot of good choices in there. There's a lot of meaningful choices in there. My favorite is the Grande Worker. Do you save them? Do you use them? And the beginning is you only have a set amount of workers at, at a time. You only have yeah. three workers to begin the game. You have two regular workers and one Grande Worker. Now you have to decide where you're going to place these workers. Do you yeah. use them all in spring and knowing you're not going to do anything in, in winter? Therefore, you know what? Get all the stuff you need because later on you want to collect enough resources and make enough wine uh, collect enough grapes. This way you can make your wine and complete your orders because that's how you can get your most points. Mm -hmm. What I also find interesting about Viticulture is the essential edition of Viticulture was curated by Uwe Rosenberg. Oh. <laughs> so that's interesting. That, that is really neat. I did not so, know like, that. He picked up some of the expansions and put them into the base game with uh, cool. Jamie Stegmeier talking about it. And so, yeah, it was the original Viticulture, wow. plus some of the expansions, got moved into the Essential Edition, which is the only edition you can buy now. Uh, and then the stuff that yeah. was left out was put into the Tuscany Essential Edition, except for, like, the, the visitors and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, it was curated. The original one was curated by Uwe Rosenberg. So I thought this made sense because he helped streamline it a little bit yeah. better. Sure. And so, yeah, no, Viticulture was the first one I thought of when I put it on my list. That's cool. All right. Our next round is our next thing we're going to talk about is game immersion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so game immersion. Uh, I mean, the feeding the people is fun, but that's not where I went with this. I I thought that in this game, like one of the one of the things that gets me really immersed in this game is when you're doing the farming 
Mm-hmm. And when you pick up just the right crops and they immediately propagate mm-hmm. and, and build up that like engine effectively. Yeah. I really like that part about it. So I was like, okay, what's a game that really gives you that same immersion? And even though this is absolutely not a farming theme, this is my other Uwe Rosenberg game. This is the only one I picked. And this is New York Zoo. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, gonna, I thought you were like, Le Havre? Really? No, no, not Le Havre. <laughs> Le Havre. Le Havre. Uh, um, no, I went with New York Zoo because I really do feel like moving around, getting the right tiles, getting the right uh, situation. So when you get the, the correct um, animals, being able to bounce them in and then propagate them and fill in the resource and then dump them and then get, get that engine going again, I felt very much feels that same level. Um, okay. You're excited when people pull off something neat. Um, it, this is less sandboxy than Agricola is, but yeah. you you are still excited when somebody's like, "Yeah, I totally did this. I did an awesome move, and I felt god about it." You do that in Agricola too, uh, but there's less feeding people. Ironically enough. Yeah, you don't feed your animals for some reason. Yeah, you think you would? <laughs> you feed them Tetris shapes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. No, 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 you don't even feed them Tetra shapes. You put Tetra shapes down and you make them breed. This way yeah. they fill the Tetra shapes. They eat the grass. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They're all herbivores. Uh, all right, so moving on to my game immersion here. I went along the, the same route you went but without the Uwe Rosenberg aspect of it. Uh-huh. In fact, there's not a Uwe Rosenberg game on this list. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, there's four worker placements. I've already talked about the one that's not a worker placement. So, therefore, that tells you what my next two are. However, this gives me just as much as thematic fill as Agricola does, which it's there, not great, but hey, but it it plays so well. And when we were talking about a game that's fun to lose, this is right up that alley because it's the whole concept of you got two actions. You place a worker or you pull workers. That That's pretty right. much what it is. And I just was enamored with this. It's just recently played probably either this year or earlier or late last year. This is Zolkin, the Mayan calendar. Oh, very This cool. is my game immersion one. Uh, again, like I said, it's a worker placement. You have your set of workers. You do have to feed them at the end of a yeah. certain round. I think it's like the, the solstice points. I think it's, sure. I forget what it's called. But what I like about it is that when you're placing your workers, you're trying to wait for the perfect time. This way they don't fall off the gear because they, they mature, I guess you could say, and you get better actions as they're going along. You can go further along that thing if you pay the right amount of food to go yeah. further along the, the calendar. Or you can just put them at the beginning and just, just keep letting it turn. Let it turn. Let's see what happens before they fall off. So you got to pull them off at the right time, get what you need. You're turning in some stuff for other things, getting your points. This is probably my favorite of the T-Series games. Uh, oh, and I uh, I do like Teotihuacan. I wasn't too much of a fan of uh to kin you it was fine it was just more obnoxious than anything with that thing but this one uh this this is never leaving my collection that's how much i really do enjoy this one and you don't even own a (laughs) curriculum no i don't i did at one point i did you did (laughs) yeah really i got one at uh when we did bookman's but it never got played my wife wasn't i told her about it and she's like "Mm -mm." so i was like okay back to bookman's a year later bookman's year that's fair enough all right, and the last one is Art and Production. Hey, look who's starting. Yep, all right. So, Art and Production. Now, I normally try to go with games that have absolutely as equal art or production as I can. Yep. And so, my normal recommendation would be like Stone Age or something. But something like Caverna. Something like Caverna, <laughs> right. But there was one game that popped in my head. I was like, you know what? One of the big things about 
um, Agricola. And I'm talking specifically the version that came with animeeples. Like, that was a big thing. Like, mm. when they started selling versions that had animal-shaped meeples that you could use, or different resources of different token types, different meeples, a lot of wood bits. I was like, that's really cool. Excuse me, really cool to have individually shaped meeples. I was like, what other game has that? And so even though this game is significantly prettier, it does have individual uh, individual shaped meeples. This is Parks. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's much prettier by much far. Much prettier, yeah. But it is a resource management game. You can enjoy it just as much. And having all of like the wild animal tokens mm-hmm. that are different shapes, you'll have like a bat and a bear and like a bison and stuff. Like and many other animals that don't start with B. It's very cool. I like it a lot. I love the different shapes of the wood bits and stuff. Very clear what they're doing instead of just giving you cubes of different colors. Are you okay, sir? I'm just trying to think like if there is the meatballs in parks. I just it's been a while since I played oh, it. Oh, there so. are. Yeah, okay. the wild animals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. It's been a while since I played it. I have it right behind me there, but. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's what that's what made me think about it because I was moving my copy today and I'm uh. like, you know what, man. Those, those individual meeples, and then all the resources are in different shapes, very yeah. clear. It's not just colored cubes, which back in the day, that's what it would be. Um, then you got cards, you got good iconography, the art and production. For for when Agricola came out, that was an amazing production. Yeah. Art is questionable now, but it was an amazing production then. Now Parks is an amazing production when it came out. Yeah. Well, that's not a bad choice. So, mine uh, for art and production, I don't do similar or equal to. I do equal to or better. And so, you did uh, better this time around with Parks. For me, this is a worker placement game. It's another one that came to my mind pretty quickly. And I sat in him and hawed about it if it was going to make me list. But it's out of your collection, right? No, it's in my collection. No, No, it's in my collection. I just didn't know if it was going to make this list because I love this game. But I always recommend that you do not play this game without a specific expansion. You just buy that expansion, teach uh, how to play it with that expansion, because it makes the game so much better. And this is Champions of Midgard. You still have to feed your people when they're on their ships and go down to the battle. This is art in production. Yeah, it's better looking than (laughs) Agricola. Sure. It has its worker placement spots, especially if you have the version I have. You get, like, the the screen-printed troll tokens... The, the Viking meatballs. So, that's not that hard to find these. But yeah, no, it's it's a well-done game. you got custom dice in it. Uh, the art, ten times better than Agricola's art. The uh, the resources are really good. Uh, I love that even the basic one, it wasn't cubes. It was like, give you little hawks of meat and fish and stuff like that to put on your ships when you go down to battle something. It gives you all the uh, good choices. You're just not farming. You're Vikings, so you're battling. So, for me, it's Champions of Midgard. I mean, you are more than kind today, so I, I'll I'll give it that. What, what is your problem I, with Champions of Midgard? No, I, I, it, I it just, beats the criteria. Worker placement, a lot of meaningful choices. No, this, this, We're talking art and production. It's much better yeah, art, that, much so better production. Worker placement and all that stuff has nothing to do with it. Art and production... It's way better art. Way yes, better art. I always have said, yes. I go recommendation that gives you the same fill as Agricola, but with better art and production value. So that's how you go. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how fine. I've always gone in the last six episodes before this one. <laughs> I, I just stick with the art and production during this category. Like, games that are similar. Better art? Check. 
Better pieces and components? Check. Right. But Better then, graphic design? Check. Hey, it met all my criteria. But I could go with, like, I don't know, Mechs vs. Minions every time because well, you it's all could. better art and production. But I go with the... It's along the same lines. It's got the, the same kind of mechanisms. There's a lot of choices you got to do where you're going to place your worker. Right. So it meets the criteria for Agricola and it's got the better art This production. wouldn't be an episode if we didn't argue. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I that should be completely moot for this specific Re- criteria. Really? Yes. Really? You want it? Because uh, we're giving people recommendations on what they okay. like. If they like the art and production of Agricola. You you, you really want to make this argument? What was in your art and production? No, I know. It's way prettier. <laughs> but I went with the specific wooden cut animal people. Animal meeples. That's, yeah, that's well, the, why the, I did that. The only high class version of Agricola is the one, the newer version. The original ones was. No, the original is like the second edition and all that stuff. They started doing it. Okay, yeah, yeah. second started, edition. <laughs> right, the originals were not like they were. They were just like. So whatever, then you're not but... uh, making it to the standard then. No, I know. I'm just saying I didn't like say Max vs. Minions because it's a like way better art okay. production. Okay, but you also have like the little minis too that you're using to walk, right? Whereas Agricola. Your workers are discs. Yeah, sure. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're a wooden disc versus a meeple. Like, that's effectively it. It's a much nicer than a meeple. I, exactly. I that. The, yeah. the meeples are much nicer in Champions of Midgard. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, whatever. Oh, my God. This doesn't matter at this point. All right. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you ever want to join us on a live episode like a friend, Sora, um, please do so. Join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. As well as all video re-uploads are found on YouTube under youtube.com slash at Everyday Board Games Podcast. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. And if you ever want to send us an email directly, you sure can, whether it's to say hello, give us ideas for future episodes, or possibly enter in one of our many contests that we've ran. Email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as all audio versions can be found found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Podbean, and now Apple. And so, as always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.